You're listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Produced by Radio Mankato with your host, Historical Society Executive Director Jessica Potter. And now, Surrounded by History. Hello and welcome to Surrounded by History. I'm your host, Jessica Potter, with the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Joining me today is Jeff Lang with Radio Mankato. Every week, this program explores the history all around us, the history in plain sight. For the next few segments of Surrounded by History, we will dig into the history, the stories behind some of our city parks. Over the years, the Historical Society has collaborated with the city of Mankato to create a heritage plaque program that places green cast iron historic plaques around the community highlighting our local historic places. There are currently 18 heritage plaques installed around Mankato at historic buildings and homes and some of our city parks. So today we hope you will enjoy being surrounded by the history of Highland Park. Okay, so to get us started, we have to figure out where Highland Park is. So Highland Park is located at 950 Warren Street. So for those of you that have no idea where Warren Street is, this is near Minnesota State University, Mankato. So if you are down at the History Center and you are visiting us and you want to find Highland Park, you just go right up the hill on Warren Street. And at the top of that hill, you will find the park on your left-hand side. So like other parks we've talked about in this program, Highland Park also anchors a neighborhood named after it. So you'll hear people say, oh, I live in the Highland Park neighborhood. And that's because of this neighborhood park that has been planted up in that neighborhood, up in that area. Today, the park features a playground, picnic shelters, a walking trail, um, basketball, volleyball courts, and a beautiful green space. So if it's one of those parks you haven't um, found yet, it's a great place to go check out. Um, Also, as you can imagine, at this park, you will spot a green heritage plaque. So, um, Highland Park, this has been a really interesting one to kind of dig into and to understand or learn a little bit more about the history of how this became a city park. This um, actually goes down as being uh, on the record books as possibly being the city's first park, but there's so many glitches that take place that it makes it not um, make Sibley Park the first park. So it's it's an interesting little story. And it's interesting that it would be the first park because it's farther away from where everything was kind of started down by the river. Right, and it's up on a hill. And in fact, the, this part of the t- of the city was known as Bunker Hill. Oh. And you think about all of these... We talked about that last time in our last podcast. Right, yeah. we talk about, So all of these hills and, and valleys, and you're thinking, wow, you know, in the 1870s, how are they getting to these places? And so, um, so it's very interesting to be thinking about this in in respect to the other parks that we've talked about. So um, early history of this area, um, this plot of land, was um, the Civil War used it as a recruitment center. So um, there would have been just public meetings and recruiting people to join the Civil War. Um, Lots of volunteer groups that came out of the war. We talked about Colonel Turtelot in our last episode about Turtelot Park. Um, He recruited a whole bunch of people to join forces with him. And he would have been doing that at this location. Right. He would have been doing it here. um, And other groups would have also been trying to recruit volunteers to head out to um, the Civil War, to be involved in the Civil War. So in 1874, um, the city of Mankato, the city council, purchased um, 10 acres of land 
around this Bunker Hill area with the intention of providing local residents with the first dependable, free-flowing well. So, um, because they have purchased this property in 1864, um, that that's kind of the idea that this is the first city-owned land. Um, it's not intended to be a park, but it's the first time the city owns a, a major piece of land, which is why it, and then later it becomes developed a park. So, interesting little twist. Mm-hmm. So, but the following year, oh boy, they attempted to. Um, sink an artesian well into the hillside, but the water level never reached higher than 78 feet from the surface. So it doesn't really work then? No, it doesn't work. Because <laughs> so, free-flowing, I'm assuming, means water's always just there. You right. have to run the bucket down into the hole. Right, or they're not pumping or right. whatever it might be. So they they you know really want to have fresh water. And 78 feet from the surface is a long ways down. Yeah, so it didn't really work out. Um, so, unfortunately, that first parcel of land that the city is going to own doesn't really pay off the way they hope, but they, they retain ownership of the property um, with the intention that they'll do something with it later. So again, because the city now owns 10 acres of land in town and later, which we're going to talk about, it becomes a park. Um, that's why it kind of goes as a quote unquote, the first city park, even though it's not developed. Um, but in the record books, officially, uh, Sibley Park was actually um, labeled the park first is labeled the first city park, the first developed city park. And that all happens in 1887. Okay. Oh, okay. Man, that's actually quite a long time after. Right, right. It's, what, 13 years later then? Right. Well, and you think about it, too. I mean, the city is still developing. Um, Mm -hmm. The city was founded in 1852, uh, and so the city is still a pretty um, new community, and so they're working on other uh, infrastructure pieces and building of uh, businesses and homes. A park's not high in the priority at the beginning. No, exactly. Exactly. So, also very interesting, um, a few years later, so we know the well is in going to work out. Um, But about 14 years later, there's a proposal um, to build Mankato's first hospital. And that proposal was by a man named John Turtelot. And he made a proposal to the city of Mankato saying, I will donate $8,000 in exchange. You will provide a piece of land and build a hospital. Well, the city, of course, is sitting on 10 acres of land at Bunker Hill. And so they say, well, let's build the hospital there. Well, um, Turtelot was not so keen on that, especially since this whole running water thing was not going to (laughs) work. Wasn't working out so well. (laughs) So he ended up, they they negotiated and they decided to build Turtelot Hospital on the north end of town, which is uh, a podcast that we've had um, a good conversation about previously. So if you want to learn more about Turtelot Park, you can listen to that. But let's get back to Highland Park. So um, 1896, there was finally, now they've sat on this 10 acres of land for quite a while, um, they finally passed a special ordinance designated the land to be used as a city park. So the city actually owned the the piece of land for like 20 years before they really did anything with it. And it's, I mean, granted, we said they were doing, they have a lot of stuff going on oh, as they're gosh, building yeah. a city, but yeah. how does it go so long to become like, oh, let's just make it a park? How that right. vision doesn't seem right away. Yeah. Because looking at it in my head anyway, for what it would have looked like in 1874, a lot of open land, right. nice valleys, like so nice view lines mm-hmm. or sight lines, I guess. 
um, you think it would have made an earlier adjustment to right. become a park instead of 20 some years yeah. later. But I also wonder how much development was going on around that area because it was up on a hill. Um, so getting up to the, the hilltop, because um, the top of Warren Street is right up on top. Um, I think that would have been a challenge with some of the houses being built up there and things like that. So I'm sure Even going back to that being a hospital, if you're exactly. ill, not doing well, trying to get up that hill, exactly, uh, horse and buggy or not, that would have been a pain. <laughs> All the different things to think about and realize what they were encountering as they were also trying to make these decisions. Right. So, um, so there was a lot of conversation about keeping that original name Bunker Hill um, for the park, but um, they chose the city council chose to ch- to call it Highland, and, and if you think about it it's high land um up on the hill and that's the the park's official name so 1905 is the first park building to be constructed and it included a small zoo we loved our zoos in mankato i know but unfortunately this little zoo does not last very long and it closes in 1909 um, and it goes back to the fact that we had sibley park remember i had Mm -hmm. mentioned sibley park opened in 1887 and in a previous podcast, we talk a lot about Sibley Park, um, but the the Sibley Park Zoo, which was very popular, opened in 1907. Oh, after this one did. Yep. And so um, it was probably even two years later, I'm sure, that no one was paying attention to the Highland Park, mm-hmm. um, and they were putting all their energies into Sibley Park Zoo. And so the, the it was a very short, little-lived um, zoo at Highland Park. So, but... That wasn't the end of the story for Highland Park. Even though Sibley Park had the zoo and got all of the recognition of being the first park and was super awesome, um, Highland Park has a very interesting little story to go along with it. So um, it was a whole different way of using a park. So around the 1920s, um, actually even earlier than that, the innovation of the automobile brought a whole different dimension of social um aspect of travel. Right. So now as we were talking about, you know, trying to climb the hill on a horse and buggy, now people are starting to um, use their vehicles and now they can go farther and they can go on their own schedule where before transportation is really dependent like on if you want to go long distance, it's train travel. Yep. So you have to follow the train schedules and or prior, the ferries, I'm guessing. Yeah, or the steamboats. Steamboats stopped running in 1898 in Mankato, but that's how most people got here. But then you're relying on some other mode of transportation, where now with the innovation of the automobile, you have a whole new way to freely travel and go see what you want when you want. So, um, and and of course, during this time is when um, uh, Henry Ford um, comes up with the assembly line and his Model A's and Model T's. And so they're just busting out. 1908, by the way. For the Model T. Nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and so they're just busting out all of these vehicles and they're very affordable. So now people have the opportunity to actually own their own vehicle. They maybe owned their horse and buggy before, but now they have a, a their automobile and they can start cruising along. So um, this was in and before travel was really restricted to the upper class, as you can imagine. Right. Right. But now um, things are just really freeing up. It's just there's so much that is now just 
at people's disposal um, that they can go and they can just see the world. So the automobile at the turn of the century really made all of this possible and that freedom of transportation. So the really cool thing that got started at this time is tourist camping. Okay. Okay. So it became a very popular. Oh, just tourist camping. It was just regular camping. Right, regular okay. camping. So but they were tourists, and they, for the most part, were doing it in their automobiles. Okay. Um, and the the interesting thing, kind of sidetrack, going back to like the Model As and the Model Ts, you could buy so many different accessories that went along with them. You could you could buy a tent that was a, was part that of, was part of the truck or part, part of the yeah, vehicle. Right. And so they had all of these different accessories, and a lot of it um, was to really to promote the this travel okay. concept and that you could go long distances. So the this craze of tourist camping, and that's what it was called, um, was all over the United States um, and included Mankato and specifically Highland Park became known as a tourist camp. So you could drive up and, and so think about those RV camps, mm-hmm. okay, where you drive up your RV and you park it there. Same kind of concept, Same concept. but you're doing it in your Model A. So before this, People, I suppose, didn't really travel for leisure anyway. No, unless no. you were really filthy rich, and then you right. could afford it, and then go. And then, they had hotels, but right. otherwise, you you're didn't not travel. Gonna, you're not going to camp. You're not right. going to go pitch a tent. And you know, that's, you did, that's because you're moving someplace and moving your way across the country. Right. Sure. Right. So now they're doing this as like what we'd now call camping, or just right. going across or, or RV road tripping, RV. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No, okay. it's a similar concept. So um, Highland Park becomes this place, this area, and. Um, and it, besides um, people maybe staying overnight, it's also just like day trips. So there are like Sundays um, during this period of time, there are like 600 picnickers that are like coming to this wow. particular spot wow. just to have their picnics and to, um, you know, just gather new, totally nude form of entertainment. What, what a sight that must have been to see that park full of people just there to camp and picnic. I mean, there is a lot. Once again, that park has a lot of area that we don't Ten, actually walk around exactly. to because we only park on two sides of that park. Exactly. Ten acres of land is up there. So that's pretty incredible. So um, it was people enjoyed it. Uh, there was a ton of trees. There still is. So there was a ton of trees up there at the time that set the camps um, that made them different from other camps that were usually just in open fields. Um, and so it. it just a really cool space. And the the park had a public kitchen and accessible water as early as 1905. Oh, that's really cool. So you think about that. I mean, now, so that's it, just a huge draw. So many people stayed here, traveling salesmen who worked out of their campsites, out of their cars, retired people who wanted to tour the country. I mean, it's the same concept as we have today with, you know, get the RV and let's go. Um, so as you can imagine, however, during World War II, um, there was a ration on gas consumption. So automobiles, so in the early 1900s up until World War II, um, travel by automobile and that independence and that freedom um, was just a really popular thing. But once we got into World War II, there was a lot of rationing. Um, we're, we're pretty familiar with the sugar rationing and things like that. But um, gasoline, there was actually a rationing for that as well because it was needed for the troops during World War II. Well, because of that, then you couldn't just have leisure travel. Um, And so that put a a real decline in that popularity of these tourist camps. And the the concept and the the facilities for the tourist camp at Highland Park actually shut down by the mid-1940s, which would have been in the the height of World War II. 
Um, but today, obviously, the church, the the park remains uh, a place for locals and visitors alike to you know go have a picnic, go have fun, go do whatever they're going to want to do up there. Um, it's a great space. It's not necessarily a hidden little gem, but I think in a way it is because I think we kind of zoom right past it and don't even really see that I, it's there. I would agree. As you're coming up the hill, you just kind of fly right by on your desti- on your way to your destination, and you don't even really look over there to see mm-hmm. besides the picnic shelter. How many people can actually say well, it's all in the park now? Right, right. So I, I think that's the fun part about digging into all of these city parks is to not only understand, you know, how did they become a city park and why are they named what they're named, but also to go, hey, I never even thought about going to that park. Right. I should really go check that out. And I, I'm a big proponent of us all being tourists in our own backyard. Oh, I've, I've, I completely agree. I've said that there's so many things to see in our own country, let alone in our own state and town, mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't even go explore at all. Right. They think it's all cool to go see, which it is, to go look look Mm -hmm. overseas and look at things, but... There's so many things right here that we don't look at. And right. Actually, get a good. I mean, how many people knew the history behind these parks already? Exactly. You know? Which is the idea of being surrounded by history. I love it. And we want you to t- want you to go out and check out what you already have in your own backyard and what's the history that all surrounds you. Now, here's a question off the top of your head: uh, When did the MSU move up on top of that hill? In the 1960s. 1960s. So. Until then, I'm not sure. There, I mean, I'm sure there's some buildings up there and homes, but there really probably wasn't because I feel like that really would drove. I'm sure a lot of homes up to that area. Right. Right. So until then, it was still kind of a barren spot, probably. Yeah, I would imagine it was too. In fact, where um, we're kind of going down a little rabbit hole right now, but oh. where um, where MSU Minnesota State University Mankato sits today was actually the original airport, oh. um, the airfields. So right. if you the runways, if you think of that, then okay, we need a big barren space that airplanes can land. Right. Um, and so you know, not as many trees and um, not as many tall buildings. Like where and, the parking lots are, right? That right. was where the the airways. Were or the runways? Right. So, um, yeah, if, so if you can imagine that, and that's about the same time we're talking about Highland Park and it's kind of heyday with the tourist camps, then that helps you understand what kind of uh, landscape it looks like up there. Um, it is pretty barren. And really, if you look around the houses that are around um, Highland Park, they're really that um, a little bit more of that post-World War II housing, maybe 1930s and 40s mm-hmm. is the earliest. But you're not going to have that Victorian homes that we've talked about down in Washington Park and Lincoln Park and Turtle Lot Park. Right. So these are going to be a little, these are going to be uh, kind of the next wave of a housing boom for the community. We talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. Just I like thinking about how the footprint of the city has grown and mm-hmm. how it was down by the river first and now we're making our way on top of the hill and how right. it just continues to spread. Right. So, you know, the city had planned out in 1874 that they were going to use this 10 acres of land, um, but it was really to provide water. And then it becomes a park. Um, well, they were proposing a hospital in 1888, but really doesn't become a park until 1896. So I think that really gives us the idea, okay, 1896 is about the time where now the um, accessibility to be up on the hill, now we can start building houses, uh, building that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to designate a 10 acres as a city park, then there's got to be the population in that area to start supporting a city right. park, the need right. for a city park. So it's a it's a cool thing to be thinking about. And to, I, I love to find out that there was a, a small zoo, but we all know that there's there was a much larger zoo that was already in town. That was already yep. the, We're not know, already in town, but just in uh, its infancy and it was going to become yep. much bigger and much greater. So they were just putting all their efforts into that little park instead of um, having two 
two zoos. So kind of a fun little story. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed today's program as we explored the history of Highland Park, the history of a place, a city park on a hill, from a Civil War recruitment center to a tourist camp to today's neighborhood park. All of the information we share today comes from the archives of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Until next time, we hope you see the history that surrounds you. You've been listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast from the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato. For more information on this and other topics, visit BlueEarthCountyHistory.com or stop by the Blue Earth County History Center at 424 Warren Street in Mankato. Thanks for listening to Surrounded by History. History.